getting stuck into through the eyes through their eyes which we did last week last week we looked at through their eyes Joseph and this week we look at Mary next week I'm not sure which one we'll look at yet there's so many uh, decisions and I can't believe that we, we pretty much are into our Christmas service already on the 20th. So uh, if you've got nothing on the 20th of the evening, come along, bring your family. Uh, there's going to be photo booths with great photo memories, uh, sharing food, hanging out, kids in the mix. It's going to be beautiful chaos as we celebrate Jesus coming. So we can't wait um, to have you for that. And uh, I know um, uh, Harry uh, mentioned it earlier about generosity. Uh, we've been astounded. Our post on social media, just some of the pictures of the presents that have come in and people wrapping and helping, um, money that people have given. Uh, yes, lots of space at the front. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, and I, I just want to also share just on your generosity. I mean, the last few months as Hope Church, we've just seen this wonderful growth in generosity, in financial giving. And uh, we, we got to be with the finance team. I got to sit with them and just chat and go, God, what are our faithful giving that we want to just plow into the kingdom uh, in January and beyond? We're giving a bunch to different organizations uh, this, this, these next few weeks to give towards food and meals. We'll let you know on social media. Um, but next year, um, just on your generosity, the amount that we're going to be able to sow into the kingdom uh, is astounding. And it really fits with what we feel God's placed on our heart as a church that he's going to make us into a river of blessing, not a dam that holds on to things. And we just love the privilege of that. And so thank you for your generosity. Um, people often say to us, why don't you pass around offering things? Why don't you tell people more often? And I just sit and go, it's because we just don't have to because we have such a generous people. And people just give out of what they have. They give because God gives them dreams. Uh, people just give out of the little, give out of the lot. And it's just a beautiful thing. Because that's God's heart. He's generous to us in every aspect of life. And it's just a tiny way we can. So, so thank you for that. Uh, it's just such a wonderful privilege to be a part of a church as hope. So we'll dive into through their eyes. We're looking at Mary. We looked at Joseph last week. If you missed it, uh, please do uh, look at that. We did baptisms afterwards. And as I said, next year, we're just going to do baptism services, I think, every month. Because every time we go, once a term's enough, then we have more people asking. And then we say, well, okay, let's do twice a term. We have more people asking. And so it was just so special uh, last week. It was such an encouragement. But we dived into Joseph together. Today we look at Mary, Joseph's wife, Jesus' mother. And so if you have your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to Luke 1. We were in Matthew last week. We're in Luke this week. Luke 1, we're going to pick it up in verse 26. If you don't, it is going to... Um, be up there anyway well then to parents of teens i know we had to get a bunch more bibles because uh, so many of those teen ones went so well done on that front uh, it's just so good for us to be stuck into um into our bibles okay so this is what it says verse 26 in the sixth month the angel gabriel was sent from god to a city of galilee named nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was joseph of the house of david and the virgin's name was mary he came to her and said greetings O favored one the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And so the reason why it starts off and it says in the sixth month, that's actually talking about in the sixth month of Mary's cousin's pregnancy, Elizabeth, who also you'll see just now was um, also given a baby. Uh, she hadn't been able to have a baby, also fought, fell pregnant miraculously. And her child was to be John the Baptist, uh, one of Jesus's cousins. So it's the sixth month, not of Mary's pregnancy, actually um, of her cousin who was further ahead than her in that process. But the angel Gabriel, who was pretty busy 
in this phase of events. Uh, Gabe uh, wasn't resting. He was uh, on duty for Jesus big time. So uh, angel Gabriel appears to Mary and he says to her twice that she's favored by God. And that phrase doesn't mean favored as in she's this wonderful lady, although I think Mary was a great lady, but it doesn't mean that she was a special one who was favored because of her goodness. No, actually she was favored because of God's goodness being poured out on her. So the angel's saying you're favored because God's grace is pouring out to you in a special way. Uh, it's interesting that she was troubled by this. I probably would have been more troubled by the angel rocking up and speaking to me. She was more concerned about what was said about her. So it just shows the kind of lady she was and how she walked uh, with Jesus. Teenage, teenager, I should say, because she was much more a teenager uh, than she was a lady. But anyway, she's troubled by the words that are said. Um, I also think that she lived in such humility that she just didn't feel that she deserved this favor and this grace poured upon her. She didn't know what it was yet. But aside from being concerned about the angel, the angel repeating to her, oh, favored one, I think she was greatly troubled because she was just like, what do I deserve in the favor of God? Comes a bit to what we're praying into this morning, but as Christ followers, I think we often struggle to believe that God truly loves us. I think we know it intellectually. We've seen as Christ follows, he's died on the cross for us. But I think a lot of us struggle to have a picture that, man, he loves me. In spite of the way I act, in spite of my mess, he loves me. He cares for me. He has a good plan for my life. We can sometimes experience this amazing turn of events in our lives, and we actually sort of question a bit of God's goodness, or we kind of dumb down what he's doing in our lives. Would he really be doing something so good? Do I deserve this favor that he's pouring out over me? And friends, can I encourage you? If God's doing amazing things in your life, maybe it's in your personal life, maybe he's uh, done a great miracle, maybe it's in the business realm, and you're in Zim, and you're going, I actually just don't understand the level of money that we're making here. Maybe you're able to go on a great holiday because he's given you resources. Don't feel bad about those things. Actually, live with gratitude, live with honesty, live celebrating what he's doing in your life and use that as a testimony about what he's doing. And I've loved these stories in the past few weeks of people sharing and just saying, it's just amazing. We're experiencing growth like we didn't think we could have in, in our marketplace. It feels like our marriage and family is, is closer to God than ever before. It feels like God is just doing miraculous things amongst us. That's to be celebrated. God loves us. He pours out his blessing on our lives when we deserve it or not. And so use that as an opportunity to share with others about the greatness of God. Yes, he died for us and that alone is enough. If Jesus died for us and there wasn't a single good thing he did for us on earth, he's done plenty. He doesn't need to do anything else, but yet he chooses to do more. That's the overflow of his nature towards us. And so if you're enjoying the overwhelming grace and provision of the Lord in your life, if you're receiving, in a sense, what Gabriel said to Mary, a favored one, God's got something special for you. He's got a great plan for your life. Embrace that, celebrate that, thank him for that and use that for his glory. So this is what he says to her. And then he follows on. Behold, you're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son. You will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. We mentioned this last week, but what a privilege for Mary to carry 
the son of the Most High. What a privilege for Joseph to be the father of the son of the Most High. What a calling. And we don't carry him physically now as Mary did. But you know, each of us who would call ourselves Christ followers, we have the privilege of carrying the Spirit of God within us everywhere we go. We carry His presence. We carry the Holy Spirit with us everywhere we go. It might not be physically in the womb of Mary carrying Jesus, but if we're Christ followers, we have Him. And we have the opportunity to carry Him and to share Him with others around us. And all those phrases about throne of his father David reigning over the house of Jacob uh, refer to the prophecies that Jesus would come from that lineage. We spoke last week about the, the possibility of Jesus fulfilling the promises about him, the prophetic words about him. And one of them was about the line that he would come from. And so the angel is backing up these prophetic words that that is where Jesus would come from. The part I love and it's a challenge for each of us, wherever we are on the journey of faith today, is at the end where it says, and his, of his kingdom, there will be no end. Every other kingdom on earth will come to an end. Every earthly kingdom, every presidency, every business empire that we've built, every earthly kingdom will crumble to nothing but one, which is the kingdom of Jesus. It will never end. It's, uh, it's that of him. He's the only true king. It's a kingdom that he wants all of us to be a part of. It's why he came. And so if you're here today and he's not yet your king, if you're here today and it's a good thing to come to church, it's great to tick the box, but he's not, he's not your king. He's not the one you worship. He's not the one who directs the affairs of your life. Uh, he's the big guy in the sky, but he's not the king of your world. He can be that for you today. The Holy Spirit will show you the reality of who he is so if you haven't joined that kingdom don't waste any time join it today we can serve ourselves or we can serve earthly kingdoms but none of those will last into eternity there's only one that will and it's the kingdom of jesus and it's the one that we get to be a part of and so be part of it today carries on luke 1 um, and it carries on verse 34 and mary said to the angel having this conversation with gabriel how will this be since i'm a virgin the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, it's what I shared earlier about the sixth month, Behold, your, uh, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Another miracle that God did. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As most of us would ask, and as Mary asked, how is this possible? Haven't had sex with anyone? How is this going to come about? Yes, angel Gabriel, you may be an angel, but I know how this works on earth. How is this going to happen? So she asked this. Humanly speaking, this is impossible. And the angel Gabriel politely explains that the Holy Spirit will sort it all out. Don't worry, Mary. This can happen. In fact, this has also happened with your friend, your cousin who hasn't been able to give birth, that's also happening now and this is going to happen with you as well. The part I love, I was reading this and I thought, why is it that the angel Gabriel felt the need to put in the story about Elizabeth? You see, the angel Gabriel didn't need to put that story in because the bottom line is, is Mary was at that point in time going to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit and was then going to have Jesus. So it was inevitable. Why did the angel Gabriel feel the need to share that piece of news? And I believe it's because there's power in testimonies of our friends. 
there's power in a testimony. When you and I hear a story of one of our friends experiencing breakthrough, experiencing a relational breakthrough, experiencing physical healing, experiencing economic breakthrough, when they share that with us and the honor goes to Jesus, there's an expectation that rises in our hearts to, okay, God does these things, he's active, and we experience that as a result of testimony. We experience it. And so there's power in that, in sharing what God's done in your life, the miracle that he's performed, the work he's done in your heart. And so can I encourage us as Hope Church people, be bold in sharing that. Be bold in the sharing of what he's done in your life with people who know Christ, with people who don't. Because God will do something in your sharing. And he'll often do something in sharing in the difficult things we've been through that brought about that, that miraculous moment because people identify in that too. And it would have helped Mary in her being excited and expectant that this was happening. And so from being concerned and fearful at what the angel was saying to her, look at her response. She hears all of this. Verse 38, Mary says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. There would have been a million things going through Mary's mind. How am I going to tell Joseph? Those of you who missed the conversation with Mary and Joseph last week, listen on YouTube. But that would have been a very awkward conversation between Mary saying, Joseph, let's sit down. I have not had sex with anyone, but I am pregnant. We spoke about that and the awkwardness of that conversation and the difficulty of that conversation. But that would have been going through Mary's mind for sure. How am I going to tell him? How is he going to react? Will I be stoned to death if this goes public and people don't believe me? What will people think of me anyway? I'm only a teenager. How can I navigate what's about to come upon me? The list could go on. But she gets through those questions and she hears out the angel and she says, Do you know what? I'm God's servant and let it happen as God wants it to happen. She wants to follow him, to submit herself to his great and good purpose. Friends, when we're confronted with a challenge, when we're confronted with a sense of being asked to do something beyond our comfort zones, it's actually what we prayed in the pre-service prayer. God, would you save us from the comfortable life at Hope Church? Would you save us from the easy life? Because that's not what you've called us to. You've called us to be on the edge of where two kingdoms collide. And we want to be part of that. So when God challenged us to do that, to step out and speak to a friend at a dinner party about our faith, to chat to a business colleague on the golf course about what actually matters in our hearts. To step out and pray for someone who, who, who is battling with something and we just feel that sense that we could step out. I don't know what God's calling you to out of your comfort zone. Way beyond what we think is possible. But I would love us to have a response like Mary. To yes, be concerned. To yes, have questions. But to be in that place to go, yes, God. I'm happy to do it. Let me add him. Let me add him. She was a teenager, but she was mature in faith. And as I read this, I also felt that God's going to raise up some teens here at Hope Church, some young teenagers who are prepared to say yes to God at a young age, who are not prepared to wait until they're 19, 20, 21, until they're 30 or 40, but actually as 13, 14, 15, teenagers prepared to say yes to God. I don't care what it costs, but I want to say yes to you and your kingdom. I believe he's going to do it amongst us. It's what I pray for regularly. He's doing it uh, in our youth. But I just say, Lord, more. Do it in our schools. Do it in our churches. But do something in the teenagers. And after the angel leaves, Mary would have then moved on and had that difficult conversation with Joseph that we shared about, that we heard. And pregnancy would have continued. They probably would have had friends mocking. They would have had family members who didn't believe. 
But an angel appears to Joseph and they stick with this betrothal getting towards marriage. And it's in this time of waiting that we get to the last bit that we'll share on today, which is in Luke 2. And in the midst of pregnancy, look at what happens. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And so this decree comes that everybody needs to go to their hometown to be registered. And this was a money-making uh, exploit from the Roman government. They were brilliant at this, master of, of extorting people. They wanted to make sure they had everybody on their books and that everybody was going to pay taxes. They didn't want anyone slipping through the cracks. They wanted cash out of everyone. We've spoken about where we've seen those sorts of things happen as well in other nations in the world. <laughs> we've spoken about that. And so Mary and Joseph now have to go to Bethlehem. But this again was fulfillment of a prophecy. Mary and Joseph had nothing to do with that happening and the time of that happening. But in pregnancy, this happens orchestrated by God so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem where prophetic words were spoken about him hundreds of years before. And so again, this is what we see. God had worked through people. God bringing about his plan, but using us, some people who knew about it, some people who didn't know about it, but God getting his plan done in the world. And that brings great peace and rest for us as Christ followers. But let's think about this for a bit. This was a long trip. It was a big task for Mary and Joseph. The distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem is about 150 k's, and Bethlehem is about 500 meters above Nazareth. So it's 500 k's, but it's uphill for certain portions as well. Bethlehem on a bit of a elevation a bit of a plateau mary was in her third trimester how do we know that um i'll get on to it in a bit but ladies you know that's an uncomfortable place to be those of you who've had babies your third trimester and this is when they traveled and actually scholars aren't exactly sure as to why joseph waited before they went on the trip to register why he delayed some believe it's because it was winter and so to travel in those desert climates at that time would have mean, meant for um, Mary and for the baby, risk for the baby. And so they wanted to delay it as long as they could towards spring. So that's one of the ideas as to why they delayed. And no one's exactly sure how long it took them, but estimates are four to seven days of travel as well. Pregnant lady, third trimester, stopping regularly, loss of loo breaks, trying to have food, trying to get comfortable when they slept. And so um, Joseph would have been aware of this. He would have been careful for this. And so this was a long trip to do for somebody who was pregnant as a teenager, Mary. But anyway, they traveled, they made it. And as they get to Bethlehem, the inn, there's no space for it. And you kind of sit and go, but was there only one in all of Bethlehem uh, that they could find space in? Historians believe that this particular one would have been a huge go-between for all the people traveling for the census. And it would have had a space for the caravans of people's animals and space for people to set up tents. So it was a huge area. Yes, there would have been physical rooms, but also it was a big area where people were trying to find space. And as happens, there's no space for them. They get there and there is none. And we're not sure of the exact details actually of where Mary and Joseph 
found the spot. Most people believe now it was a cave, a sort of natural grotto, and also animals were probably in there, part of the caravans near the inn, but where there was a manger there, which obviously means that animals were sheltered in that place. And in this place is where pregnancy comes on and she has the baby. And uh, in a state of being close to giving birth, they made it work. And I know friends who've had to make it work as well. One of my uh, good friends, uh, she gave birth in her London flat on the kitchen by herself, uh, on the kitchen floor by herself, before her husband made it back from work, before the ambulance came, first baby, done, by myself. They talked her through it on the phone. I know others who've had it in the car, on the drive. And so this is not foreign to people in our day and age as well, but Mary and Joseph would have had to make a plan. Okay, great animals, let's clear it out. Let's get the cow pats out the way. Let's try and put some clothes down where the straw is. Cow, please, can you get out the way? Like, I mean, you know, chicken out the, you know, so they would have made this happen, but this is not foreign. This has happened to other people in our day and age as well. So just picture that scene for a short bit. Makeshift cot, lay out some, um, as, as much as they could make a bed for Mary to give birth. Uh, she was probably grateful that she was in a shared room with animals other than people, to be honest. So there was some gratitude she probably had in that. But I'm sure she would have rather had a proper room, people to help, uh, water to clean, all those sorts of things. But can you imagine the joy of Mary at that moment of birth going the promise she obviously knew it was but the promise of the Holy Spirit the promise of the angel that I would give birth supernaturally to a son it's happened it's actually come about I'm actually holding a supernatural boy within my hands who is going to be the savior of the world what a moment I don't think she would have traded that for anything in the world this purpose was forced on her she didn't have a choice some of us will have situations in our lives forced upon us we don't have a choice but God's bringing about his good purpose through us some things he gives us the option to choose she didn't have the choice the angel said this is happening Mary whether you like it or not but she embraced it and I think she would have accepted that again and again so as we close I just want us to think before we pray on the kind of king that we have the privilege of knowing and serving as Christ followers of Jesus who would step into our world not with grandeur and pomp and media hype and photography and photo shoots and the whole world bowing at his knee, but with absolute humility. And the reason for it, so that he could truly be like us in every way. So that no matter how we would identify or live our lives, be it rich or poor, be it loved or rejected, he would be a king that each of us could come to and know that we could approach him and he would accept us and he would love us and he proved it and how he chose to come but I don't think Mary would have comprehended that in around 33 years time her son would embark on a far more difficult journey instead of traveling on the road from Nazareth to Bethlehem in her womb he would travel up a small hill outside Jerusalem called Golgotha but he would do it alone instead of resting softly in a wooden manger he would be nailed to rough pieces of wood with Mary his mom looking on instead of entering the world in joy with Mary and Joseph his earthly parents by his side he exited the world in pain and rejection with his heavenly father turning his face away because of the sin that Jesus was carrying but instead of arriving in the frailty of a human baby he would rise as king over all and that's the king that we get to serve today should we stand and pray